0: What's happening, everybody? Uh, welcome to Fairly Normal. I am here with my. Uh, would you call, call yourself a sports broadcaster? How would you? Cl-
1: That's a great question. I would call myself. Um, I don't know. Yeah. For I, 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 P- personality. Personality, maybe. Clay Travis. Yes.
0: Now, Clay. Uh, okay. First of all, the reason I completely dig you and what you do is because it's like the first. I remember the first time I, you were doing radio in Nashville. Yep. I went on your show, and I was like. Oh, I like this dude. he's got an opinion, yes, and then I was like, well he, he can't stay on radio for very long <laughs> because he's gonna get fired right. How many times like w- w- when did you the, my first question I guess is when did you discover early on that having an opinion would separate you from the pack or is that something that just came naturally?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. So I started off writing so I, I went to I went to school, I went to law school, I started practicing the law, and I had th- this moment where I was in my law office. And. Well, you were a practicing attorney. Practicing attorney, 25 years old. Uh, I'm standing in my office, and I have this moment where I realize, like, I'm going to be doing the exact same thing every day for the rest of my life, you know, if I do this job. And it, one of the things, it was like a crystallizing moment. We were arguing over whether February 29th was excusable neglect because somebody had missed a filing deadline. Obviously, a leap year <laughs> every four years. And so. Like my issue with that was you go to law school and you get confronted with all these great issues of the day and it's like Brown versus Board of Education and it's like uh, you're going to be a a, a great paragon of, of virtue and justice and you know the truth will set you free and few good men and all these great legal thrillers. And then the practicality of being a lawyer is nothing like that in a modern day. You're a 25, 26-year-old young grad sitting in front of a computer like looking for the word asbestos in a document for 12 hours a day. I mean, that's a common kind of existence. And
0: most cases don't go to court. So never. what you see in the movies of this grand, yeah. you can't yes. handle the truth, yes. that, that shit doesn't it never
1: happen. Happens. No. Uh, now, if you are doing criminal law as a, as a DA or a public defender, then you're in court more but you also make like $40,000 a year, so it's that, hard to you're live. You're not signing and you can't, up for that. You can't, well, I mean, you're like me, and you're like most people who graduate from law school. You've got like 100 grand in student loan debt.
0: Are you watching Making of a Murderer?
1: I just watched episode one this morning.
0: I just finished the second yes. episode this morning, and I, my mind is, is blown. fucking blown. Yeah, I, I,
1: I watched episode one, and so... So you watched episode one? Is yes. that crazy to you? Yeah, uh, I thought episode one was a little bit crazy. Um, it doesn't surprise, like, you know, politically i've always been the guy as soon as i went to law school i said the idea that we have the death penalty is absurd in this country not because i'm anti punishing someone with death if they commit a crime right but because the death penalty to me requires a degree of certitude that the court system doesn't allow us to know right like they convicted that guy and spoiler alert in in, uh, in making a murder for the first trial uh for rape and he clearly didn't do it. right And there was an eyewitness there who said he did. An eyewitness testimony is actually one of the least reliable forms of evidence.
0: It it wasn't just an eyewitness. It was the woman who was raped. Right. She
1: said this is the guy who did it. But it's not uncommon for people to misidentify in situations like that. We we tend to think that eyewitness is the most reliable thing because you're like, I saw it. I know what I saw. But they do tests again and again where they can show 10 people the exact same thing. And the way you perceive something isn't necessarily the way Dude, it actually happened.
0: I saw the most interesting study on that. I forget what I was watching, where they had people hiking up through a woods, the woods at night, yeah. and someone jumped out with a knife. And they asked all ten people what, what happened, what did you see, what did they look like, did he threaten you? Now they didn't. The guy never, on purpose, didn't threaten, didn't get close. But, but it was six out of the ten people said he had a knife up to someone's throat because they were so scared their brain makes a memory.
1: Yes, a hundred percent, and that's and, so
0: fascinating. Yeah, to me. it
1: is, and so that that's the kind of stuff that I loved about the practice of law. There are elements of the law that I think are incredibly interesting, um, but the problem for me is, my, and probably like for you, and probably for a lot of people who listen, my brain moves fast, yeah, and I get bored quickly. And so when you're a litigator, you have the same cases for, like, eight years. And you're procedurally fighting, like, these tiny details, like, is this going to be discoverable, is that, like, let's review all these emails. And to me, I, I always just wanted, like... And then you're working on the billable hour. Yeah. So you, it's not even necessarily how good you are that you're being rewarded for. It's whether you do things in an expeditious manner, but not too expeditious. And I remember having that realization where I'm like, you, everybody gets mad at car mechanics, right? Yeah. Because you're like, I have no fucking idea if my car actually needs this. I don't know how cars work. Yeah. I don't know anything about <laughs> yeah. it. Like, I give it to a guy and I'm like, fix
0: it. Same and with the contractor, by the way.
1: Yeah, exactly. You come back and they, and they give you a number and you're like, you pay it, but you have no idea what actually happened. That's what lawyers are for companies. We they, like inevitably we're just kind of like these uh, these more uh, these like uh, leeches that just like live off of a company. Right. Because companies are always getting sued. Yeah. And they have to have lawyers to represent them. And um, and so I'm sitting there thinking this is just not for me. So I started writing uh, like ideally funny columns. Uh, with several buddies who were also in a similar vein as me,
0: what kind of stuff were you writing? Was it sports stuff? Uh,
1: it was some sports stuff, but it was also just I, things that made me laugh. Like I was trying to write daily, like 700, 800 words.
0: What was the and I and I have a reason this was for in like oh
1: four, by the way.
0: And why? Why did you decide to start writing?
1: Well, so when I went to law school, in my mind, I always kind of thought I want to make a living as a writer. So when you said, "Are you a sports broadcaster to start this?" to me. The foundation of what I do is right.
0: By the way, your website, I'll, I'll Outkick kick, the Coverage, your articles are fantastic.
1: Well, I, I, the goal so when I started, so I started writing online in 04 and I was trying to just be funny about sports. You know, I was living at the time in the Caribbean, in the Virgin Islands. You were? Yeah, we moved. I, I was, that's where I went to practice law. Um. So,
0: well, now I can't, why now it's a little yes, different. Yeah. Were you but, there with your wife?
1: Uh, we just got married and ba- we never took a honeymoon. We just moved to the Caribbean and uh, started living there. Uh, Now, it sounds like a fascinating, by the way, it's an incredibly fascinating place, but it's the U.S. Virgin Islands, but it's more like the Wild West because it's not like America very much. I mean, to the extent like most of America is governed in some sense by the middle class, there's virtually no middle class in the Virgin Islands. You're either incredibly rich or you're incredibly poor. Like we were the middle class and uh, and, and it's expensive to live there even for a young lawyer.
0: (laughs) Dude, when we were, I was just in the Dominican with yes. my wife at the David Ortiz golf class.
1: Yeah, I saw the pictures.
0: Second year in a row, I've said, hey, sh- can we go off the resort and look around? Yes. And they were like, not if you're not going to bring an armed guard. And I said, what do you mean? And they were like, no, this is a true third world country. And so I'm not going to say who because on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> but they were telling me the story about how they were in a big casino down there and um, someone got shot in the casino and the police never came to investigate it. They came and got the body a day later because... And I asked, I go, why didn't they investigate it? And they said, because the guy who shot him had enough money to make it go away.
1: Yeah, that's exactly, I mean, that, that's Virgin Islands-esque. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a thir, it's, it has more in common with the third world than it does the first world. Yeah. And, um, and obviously, you're just an island out there, so it's easy to get to other islands, everything else. There's only 50,000 people who live there. The murder rate is massive, um, you know, on the island. Uh, there's lots of violence. It's not uncommon to be, at the time that I was there, it wasn't uncommon for you to be in a restaurant and for somebody to just come in the restaurant and, like, rob the entire restaurant, <laughs> like, while you're out to dinner. So you know, like, it <laughs> do is, they let it, you the, finish the your of, food? The kind, of, yeah, yeah. I was, I was never, I was fortunate enough to never be in, involved in one of those robberies. But it's the kind of thing that would never happen. Like we're in L.A. right now, right? Like if that happened in L.A or New York, like a, a decent restaurant, you know, yeah. like, you know, some, some place where you would go and spend, you know, $100 for a meal or something. Yeah. Like, can you imagine if an LA restaurant like that got robbed and they, they had everybody laying on the ground, like going around taking their wallets, like it's a slow moving robbery or New York or anything like that in, in any major American city, that would be a massive, massive store. Yeah, and so uh, that stuff happens all the time. Um, and, but it was a fascinating place to live. And so, uh, but eventually we came back, uh, because my wife went back to school and, uh, and then I was, so I started to write while I was down there. So in 2004, I just started to write online, no audience to speak of. We started our own website. Like just, this is something that I need to do. I think to have sort of, uh, it's, it's kind of like my, my place where you're probably like this on something, uh, like I assume most people who are listening are, if you can find something that you totally lose yourself in. Yeah. That, for me, is writing. It's the only thing I do where, when I'm doing it, I'm unaware. Like, I turn my phone off. I sit down in front of my computer screen. And it's the only thing I do where time doesn't exist.
0: But you, here's the thing, what, why I find this so fascinating. And, and it's almost it's a common theme, almost, on my podcast with people I've talked to. Yeah. You're never too old to rewrite your dream. 100%. Right? So, it's such an interesting thing. It, But it's ballsy of you to i'm assuming law school is not cheap
1: no i was a hundred thousand dollars in debt i'm not an independently you right. know wealthy guy i mean i so know So you're, yes.
0: you're hundred grand in the hole yep. you know that by practicing law you're guaranteed a certain amount of money yes which eventually gets you out yes. of the hole you throw that i hate to say throw it away yes and just scrap it and go you know what i love to do but i feel like man i really feel like and this is one of the reasons the more i find out about yeah. you the more i know that you're gonna you are going to be very more even more successful you are because look you know people who take risks reap rewards I think that's true if you don't you know there are some people that I go to Vegas with and I never went I never won any money and I sat down with Chelsea one time and I just saw her kind of throwing money in and you know and I was like I can't do that she goes if you want to win money, right, you have to bet money.
1: Scared money ain't, ain't yeah. Right.
0: Now it's uh, easy to say cuz she's got a ton of money. Once you get money. But the point was if you want the reward, you have to risk it. And I think in life, not at casinos, but in life, you're not not every risk is going to be rewarded.
1: Yes, correct.
0: But you fucking have to take the risk to get what you want
1: a hundred percent and you're almost nailing minus the f-bombs which i didn't use i got to go talk uh <laughs> at my high school graduation you didn't drop me your high school Yeah, i did not drop any f-bombs <laughs> at, the, at the high school graduation ceremony but that was my pitch to them was i feel like there's a lot of people out there who and, and and i'm a good example like i went to a good college i went to a good law school i came out i had a good job but it just wasn't what i loved right and so As I've gotten older, I'm 36 now, and the people that I find myself gravitating towards, you're a good example, they have an element of fearlessness about them. And I find being and it doesn't have to be like physical fearlessness although that's interesting like we're at Fox's studio right now and i see these UFC guys and i'm yeah. like i cannot fucking imagine putting my li- life on the line and getting into a ring and fighting a Clay, guy like they do.
0: I got to tell you something right now. Yeah. As soon as somebody's sweaty asshole was in my face, <laughs> you're out. I tap I'm tapping out. out. I tap out. <laughs> and Listen, I, i'm I, I just that's i'm that's whatever but i'm i'm not a, that's not good for me. Yeah, i just
1: i imagine i i i admire physical fearlessness but yep. i am not a physically uh, fearless person. Like, right. I'm not the guy who's going to be like, oh, I want to go, you know, skydive or, oh, I want to go do all these things. Like, that's fine. Some people are physically fearless and I admire them. But the people that I admire because I, that people I try to aspire to be like, I think in some sense, is people who are, you know, mentally fearless. Like, they're going to take an opportunity to, to say this joke that may not pan out, but, yeah. you know, like, the, the potential outcome is there. Uh, they're going to found a company. They're going to, you know, find a way to pursue what they love. And even if other people think, you're a fucking idiot for yeah. doing it. It makes sense, and I'll give you an example in my own life. This is what I told people at the ten-year high school reunion. I was uh, when I decided I wrote a book called Dixieland Delight about going around to all at the time twelve southeastern conference football stadiums as a fan. No, you know, press pass, nothing. I was you know 27 years old. I had no access, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I just decided I'm going to write this book about it. And it, as, as part of it, I decided I was not going to practice the law that fall. And my wife, to her credit, when I said that I was going to do that, said. Okay. You know, I think there are a lot of. That's the other thing. Find people who you can trust and be supportive because there's lots of people in the world in general who are not supportive of risk taking, right? They're the people who want to say,
0: well, you should. It scares them.
1: Yes, it scares them because a part of them wishes that they were willing to take a risk and so they want to cut you down and say you've got a good thing going here don't don't go to Africa and work in the Peace Corps if that's your desire or don't you know you might get malaria like there's always somebody and look it's important to have realists and dreamers and people who chase uh, chase dreams people who don't but I think for people who are dreamers in some sense or pursuing things that other people might find fearful it's important to find a couple of those people in your life who will support that
0: yeah but you know what I, I use the word dreamer I don't know that what you did, yeah. or even what I—I I wouldn't consider myself a dreamer. But you have to take a
1: risk, risk yes, taker, maybe more so what? than dreamer. Because to me, to a me, lot dreamer of people doesn't seem
0: like anybody well, who's—they seem like they're drifting. Spacey, a more. and yeah. also a
1: lot of times dreamers don't take action to make their dreams come ha- yes. come true. And the people are like, "Well, I've got this dream," and I'm like, "Well, what have you done to fulfill it?" Yes. Right? In order, so you have to take that step, take that risk to allow it to happen. Um, but Why I, do you think
0: most people are scared? Because there are people listening. Look, yes, and, and you know what? I think also some people equate risk with, there's different variation of levels of risk. You don't have to risk your entire career. But if you want something, generally if you want something, you have to take a risk to get it.
1: Or make the time to do it. You know, when I was writing, let's say, in 2004, I still practiced law because I had to make a living, you know but I was writing, I was carving out an hour and a half or two hours of my day to do it. Now, I didn't have kids yet, and I think right. that's where things really get challenging. You've got a son, like, I've got three boys now. I think once you have kids, it gets a lot more challenging. Once you have a spouse, it gets yeah. more challenging. My thing is, don't get married for a while. You know, like, find kind of your 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 voice. Find out what you want to do. Um, if it's just you, and a lot of people, it's just them, you're not going to go hungry, Yeah. right? Like, yeah. It, you're, you're, like... The way I think of it is, what is your like a risk-reward analysis? In order to take a risk, what's your risk-reward analysis? And I'll give you another way of thinking. When I started Outkick the Coverage, my own website four years ago, which we try to have fun and do a smart, original, funny things there, um, I remember sitting there thinking, worst-case scenario on this, I'm going to lose like $30,000 and whatever opportunity cost I could have gained from doing something else. Yes. In the grand scheme of things, that's not that substantial, right? Now, like I'm not going to go to jail, right? Now, I'm not going to lose my though, freedom. Yes,
0: thirty thousand dollars is a lot of money. Yes, let's not pretend like it's right. not a lot of money. But, but worst case screen. scenario, in yeah. the
1: grand scheme of things, worst case scenario. Yes. I, I remember and I remember thinking that while I was out at a bar, like looking around, somebody who opens a bar is risking like a quarter million dollars minimum, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And they could lose everything. Yep. And I'm like, if I start this website and I and it doesn't pan out, like the worst case scenario is. And when I say lose $30,000, I mean, like, you build a website and you just shut it down, like everything yeah. else. Like, it's not really that big of a loss in the grand scheme of things. I'm already 100 grand in debt. You know, the difference between 100 grand in debt and <laughs> 130 grand in debt is, is not like my life right. is not changing that much. Um, but so, uh, so when I took that risk, I, I, I basically, every time that I've taken a risk, now it needs to be a calculated risk, you know, like, do you feel like if, it's panned out?
0: Yeah, do you feel like it, there might be people listening who are like, well, easy for him to take a risk because he could just go back to being a lawyer.
1: Maybe. But, but whatever they're doing, they could go back to doing, I too. I agree with that, too. Yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah, easy for him to do. He could go back to being a lawyer. Well, that's true. But, you know, you could go back to being uh, a, a a secretary. You could go back to being a uh, whatever you know, it is a chef. Doing. Whatever yeah. you do, like, it's not like you're leaving that job forever. And my goal, so when I started writing in 04, I, I, I worked for years before I made a dollar like uh, writing like doing my craft like
0: dude i remember when you started that website yeah oh I yeah i remember that yeah i mean and, and even when so when you're what kind of traffic
1: is there now oh i could tell you right i got the year-end report and i think we had 12 million unique readers this this year so we do between one and two unique million in, in uh, a, a four month, usually easy. years
0: and here's the best thing right yeah four years as one guy yeah. this isn't like a whole. It, right, you're one fucking guy. Yeah, a one man band. But here's what it goes back to with my original thing: where you are, your voice is so unique. Like you, and you're, not, you're just not afraid to be you. Correct. When, in your first, when you first started writing, when did you realize that two things? Well, and by the way, that's risk reward too. Because yes. you're, it's risk, it's reward. Because you know, if you build it, they will come. Right. But the risk is that people are going to fucking hate you. Yeah. When did you just de- when 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 did you decide you were gonna be okay with that? And when did was that first example of seeing that?
1: My wife says that I don't that I have like the thickest skin on earth. Like most people, if they scroll through their Twitter feed and yeah. they get nine negative comments or like nine great comments and one negative comment, and my ratio is not that good. No. <laughs> but, but let's just let's just pretend that it's ninety percent positive yeah. and uh, and ten percent negative. Yeah. Most people tend to focus on the ten percent that's negative. Yeah. I'm like the opposite. I'm like, oh, this is cool. This person likes me. you know. Yeah. So I, I tend to, I think, be a real optimist in general. The other thing is, I legitimately, and this is where my wife says I'm really strange, I legitimately don't care at all what other people think about me that I don't know well. Like if my kids were like, oh dad is a total asshole like I can't stand to be around him if my wife was like god it's really difficult you know to to, to hang out with you if yeah. my if people that I consider co-workers who know me well like if they sat down and said boy it's just it's difficult to be around you that would bother me because I would say okay they have a sense for what I'm like but if people don't people who don't know you and have an opinion of you their opinion is not based on you this is I mean I think this is actually true and I've thought about it a lot it's based on especially in the social media age it's based on defining themselves in some way see so bill if you cosby are, yeah if you are anti clay travis it's not about something that I've done necessarily. It's because that makes, that's a statement that you're trying to make about the way that other people should see you. So it's not really about you. Does that make sense? Like you're, everybody's bringing their preconceived notions yeah. of, of life and trying to fit it onto other people. And so like we're in, at the Fox a lot right now. I said, if one of our uh, producers on a show, like set me down, he's like, everybody on the show thinks you're incredibly difficult to work with. That would bother me. Yeah um that would i'd be like man shit i like this job like this is a lot of fun we have great people here yeah. i don't want to be the difficult guy but if you know 200 people on twitter are like clay travis is an asshole
0: the other thing is but they're all from west virginia they who cares yeah <laughs> because
1: i made a great motel six joke last night wait, wait, it was, wait, it was it's one. one of
0: my favorite ones would you, uh, can you want to quote
1: it I'll, I'll see it i don't want to you know I'm, I'm also better i think like you're a, a spoken guy yeah i think i'm Because I'm writing is what I love to do. Like, I come to it, like, Twitter to me is just, I I just love it. And I think I'm I'm pretty good at it. I'm quick.
0: You are. And by the way, I agree with you. Like, to me, there are 15 people in this world who can hurt my feelings, and 10 of them have the last name of Wolf. 100%. And
1: And, I think most people should be
0: like that. Yeah. And for me, by the way, when, when, and people, when say somebody says something to me on Twitter, and I say something back, And they were like, I I didn't know you were going to get so mad. Yeah. Know that I'm not (laughs) mad. Right. But know that if you send something douchey, I'm allowed to say something douchey back. Right. But there's nothing anybody on Twitter can say that will hurt my feelings. Now, I don't know how you are, uh, but the the hostility towards you, and you know I'm fascinated by this because every now and then I check in with you- you read, let me read that. Yeah. Read it to you. Yeah, yeah. What is this it? is the tweet that I sent
1: last night. So uh, I don't know when people will be listening, but West Virginia and Arizona State played a bowl game, and it's sponsored by Motel Six. Yeah, the Motel Six Cactus Bowl or something like that last night. And I tweeted last night during that game. Pretty mean of college football to put West Virginia in the Motel Six Bowl, knowing that none of their fans can afford to stay there. <laughs> now that is pretty, that's pretty good, it's right? A great like on the joke. Uh, on the spur of the moment, like it's I'm sitting, you know, in my hotel room watching this game. And you know, there's not anything to separate you from a thought to tweeting. And I'm like, this is you know, my my standard, probably like your standard is does this make me laugh? Yes. It, and that's the only standard you can have if you're trying to make people laugh. And uh Why and,
0: do you think people and and this will be a two pronger for you, right? Yes. Now if you had sent that out about Alabama, the West Virginia people would have thought it was super funny. Yes. Now you sent it out about the West Virginia, so the Alabama people thought, right? It, right? Why do you think people have such a hard time? If you made a joke about a Boston sports yes, I get it. Yes, obnoxious it's a, assholes. Th- yes, like why do you think people have such a hard time laughing at the stereotype? The stereotypes. Yes, about themselves.
1: It is so. I love it all. So I would I would immediately laugh, and I'll read you a couple of responses. Like immediately, people are just furious. Like yeah. take it so literal that so there's two things. One sports fans uniquely and I, I thought i i didn't realize this because i did talk sports talk radio for five years you know we taking calls like we do shows from gas stations like the most literally the most accessible person on earth right yes. you have not lived until you've done sports talk radio in middle of bumfuck tennessee at a gas station like i used to worry
0: at a shoney's uh,
1: yeah like the worst like <laughs> i used to worry i remember like i would be like dude you know this is kind of scary because we're just sitting here talking about sports teams and people can just pull right in at the gas station with, like, rifle racks in the back. They like, could just walk in and shoot me, right? Like, there's no point in us <laughs> doing a show from a gas station. Literally the easiest place to kill someone on yeah, Earth is a yeah, gas station. Yeah. You don't even have to hardly get out of your car. <laughs> no. Um, and we, and
0: we did That's true because everyone drives up. We even up.
1: did gas station parking lots, so you wouldn't even have had to stop your car and you could have shot Boy. us. Um, but on air, at some point I realized that most people – cannot do a simple thing especially in sports they can't say in college sports in particular i think it let's say that like the florida gators have a player that gets arrested i know that's hard for a lot of people to believe that could ever Mm, happen i don't know um or urban meyer gets a player that's arrested at ohio state that's crazy yeah crazy to believe that could ever happen but sometimes it does so there's a good example uh the starting quarterback for ohio state jt barrett gets a dui yeah clearly drunk fails the breathalyzer um the the local newspaper the next day has letters to the editor, like actual written letters um, that are complaining about the DUI stop being set up and the fact that .08 is the legal drinking limit and mm. saying JT Barrett shouldn't have ever been arrested.
0: Why? What was this? The,
1: the, because the, 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 the there was no need for a DUI stop and .08 is too low of a blood alcohol level. The easy answer is they're Ohio State fans. Right. And so uniquely college football fans are amoral because they will justify anything their team or coach does. But what they're not able to do is take the next step and say, okay, pretend your most hated rival did this. Would you have the same opinion? And for whatever Uh reason, like most, I think, intelligent people can think that and say, okay, if you're an Ohio State fan, what if a Michigan quarterback had done that? You'd be like, oh, what a dirty program they run. Like, this is unacceptable. Like, they can't take that next step. And in the South, it's even crazier. They can't take that next step and realize, okay, like, you know, like – The reason why I'm feeling this way is because I'm so biased in favor of my own school.
0: Yeah, but what is it like, and for those of us who, and SEC is unique, the SEC football is a religion, right? Yes, it's accurate. But I would tell you that you, people take what you say about their teams to heart more than what politicians, look, when you make a joke about a a college sports team, they're more upset about that than the repeated lies that the people, somebody that we're going to... like the president. Yes. By the way, pick any of them. They all yes. lie. Yes. They all lie to our faces repeatedly. Yes. And we accept that. But you make a joke about <laughs> Motel 6 and people want to fucking kill you. Why do you think that is? What, what is it about the college?
1: I think it's because people define themselves by the schools or teams that they root for. Is it and because so when they you go to it-
0: schools like that, like Alabama? There's no pro teams. Yes,
1: yeah, certainly do you think in the that south. Has to do with it? I mean, Alabama is everything in in the state of Alabama. Right. Um, I, I think that has something to do with it. I think it's also like a, it's passed down. But it's a, it's something that in both good and bad in this respect, it feels like a part of the fabric of their life, mm-hmm. and so they take it as an assault. Some people do. Now, a lot of people. I think if you go to the school, for instance, like the they actually think it's funny, right? Because they're like, okay, you know, there's some truth to that. Like there, there is some truth to the fact that a lot of West Virginia fans can't stay at Motel 6. But (laughs) the funniest thing about this on the internet is like the immediate response in this day and age of social media. Anytime you say anything, like I could say, uh, guys like sports more than girls. Yeah. That is incontrovertibly true. Right. And if I tweet that, boy guys like sports more than girls immediately i'll get a ton of tweets and be like i'm a girl and i like sports more than my brother or i'm a girl and i like sports more than i'm not talking about you individually and so this this is a great example like this guy immediately um immediately responds uh with um (laughs) and this is really funny to read i think he actually this guy deleted it but he immediately responded with i stay in hilton's and marriott's asshole go suck a cock (laughs) like dead serious, like 10 seconds after I said it, like he is, he's a West Virginia fan and he feels the need to let me know that he stays in Hilton's and Marriott's. And like the fact, uh, and then the next thing that I get all the time is like, um, so a while back, so it's a good question. When did I, so I, I adopted on on Twitter and in my life in general, kind of like the Eminem style in uh, in eight mile yeah. where I would get all the time. Every time I gave a political opinion, I mean, sorry, a sports opinion, which is more controversial, like you said, yeah. than political yeah. opinions, I said, um, you know, like, I would say, so-and-so's going to win this game. And immediately I would get, why are you gay? Like, the wrong you're yeah. and gay. Like, as if... If I were gay, like that would mean that I wasn't able to predict who was going to win a football yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. And first of all, if I were gay, I'd be like, yeah, I like to fuck dudes, you yeah. know. And I also and, like and watch
0: football. Yeah, you and know? I th- think uh, uh, oh, I still State's think Ohio gonna State's yeah.
1: going to lose. Yeah. Um. So I was like, this is just such a funny thing that the first thing people would s- stay say, accuse me of is being gay. So, but I people just, get like, so mad at you personally, yes, when you
0: say their team is going to lose. Which how how where does that like right now my my like, t- to me those lines don't even meet and it's your opinion about what team is going to win or lose
1: and a team has to win or lose right like it's impossible for both teams to win yes yes Yes. yeah like right now my timeline if i check it is blown up from clemson fans because i said that oklahoma was going to beat them and they're like what do you want me to say like i'm you were I'm not, wrong. If I were 100% at picking games, I'd be like Biff and Back to the Future 2. Yeah. I'd have a fucking tower and you know, I'd have yeah. the book and I'd just walk around and be yeah. like I wouldn't tell anybody who was going to win. I'd just be a billionaire because I would have bet all the wins. Um, but it, it's it's like an inability to to rationalize. So I just adopted the fact that I was gay. And then I took it a step further because that's what I like to do yeah. and I was I just announced on Twitter several years ago, I am gay and I'm also a Muslim.
0: I re- and it's it's lengthened. What else added to um, that? I'm
1: also racist. Yep. Uh, sexist. You're uh, also
0: a liberal conservative. Liberal conservative.
1: That's uh, my favorite one. Yes. Um, and also a uh um a uh you know feminist and a uh and uh you know like a PC bro. So I like I to me if you just accept because if you're in the opinion business and you're remotely intelligent you're not going to consistently be have the same opinion about everything right so at any moment you can be accused of of anything i mean i think that's what honest people are so i just said go ahead and like once you accept it all uh then then they really don't have an idea what to say like if you just accept every uh character assassination somebody can throw your way if i were running for president my first political ad would just be me immediately destroying myself. Well, I, like I would, I would start. I would I'd be like, I'm Clay Travis and I'm running for president. And my opponents are going to tell you that I'm gay and sexist yeah. and like uh, that I want to raise your taxes, that I want to fuck your cows. You know, like whatever. whatever yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna personally. I'm gonna come to your house and steal your guns and like hit you in the head and take your kids and put them in like. Uh, yeah. You know, like uh, I'm gonna open the border and allow anybody who wants to come in. I'm gonna take your job, like. And just that would be, and vote for me for president because if that thing first would go viral. By
0: the way, that's eight mile too. Yeah, it's hundred percent. Completely, you're living your life a little eight mile. Yeah, but
1: if but I think it would be an incredible tactic for a politician because once you own all the criticisms of you in advance, then there's nothing else you can people can say. Like, and in some sense, that's By what Bill. The way, Cl- I Bill did Clinton, that. I yeah. did that on
0: the Josh Wolf Show. You know? Yeah, I ran a negative. I, I was I was yes. running for president, yes. and I ran a negative Joshua To begin, ad. to begin. Just to let everyone it's know. It's
1: really kind of what Bill Clinton did. But because yeah. it, people get upset when you don't fulfill the expectations that they have for you. And if their expectations are you're a total asshole who chases women, then when Bill Clinton is a total asshole who gets a blowjob while discussing whether to bomb a country, people are like, it's kind of what Bill Clinton does. And I live in envy from a creative place in sports of Charles Barkley because he got arrested driving drunk while going to pay a woman for a blowjob said it in the police report and everybody was and he's married everybody was just like "Ah, that's just Charles Barkley
0: I am so amazed by that yes because look I mean Warren Sapp didn't do anything that much different he can't get hired Barkley owned it and people laugh about it yes and he went to jail he 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 was in jail he said
1: in the police report she gives the best blowjob in Scottsdale (laughs) And everybody was just like, "Oh, oh Charles!" Charles. And honestly, I yeah. think that's a large part of Donald Trump's political campaign. Yes,
0: is just that he can say anything, and people are just like, "That's Donald Trump. That's what Donald Trump does." Yeah, I've, i you know, and I don't, I've talked a bunch about him, but I will tell you this: I've always said, look, I obviously I do not think he should be president of the right. United States, but I think it's important to recognize why a large majority of people relate to him in some way and why and how they feel like they haven't been heard to me that's really important i'm right. like oh look at all these people i didn't know existed right who now have a voice maybe we should address that like to me that's always important. i, I think in
1: in social media you see it all the time because you're in the comic business and you're making jokes and people are like I, this is this is my argument that i've made for a long time i think that anytime somebody complains about a joke they should get the shit beaten out of them. so so this is my this is my theory um and I'm curious about you. Like, So you come to Zaney's sometime in my hometown of Nashville, yep. where I live. And if there was a comedian coming there, and there was somebody who was upset about the joke that comedian had said, and they decided that they wanted to protest outside of Zany's, like a comedy show that was going to go on there, that is their right. But they would have to get transportation to this facility. Mm-hmm. They would have to make a banner or a sign. Mm-hmm. They would have to take off work and or not be employed, but at least be willing to stand in the sun, the rain, the cold, whatever it is, and publicly espouse their view. And what would everybody do? They would drive by in their cars and they'd be like, look at that dumb motherfucker protesting a joke outside a comedy club. You would all think that. That person is doing infinitely more work than somebody who goes on Twitter or Facebook and says, oh my God, this joke happened and I don't agree with it and so we need to censor the comedian who said it. Yes. Yet the media and the public takes the asshole who just has the phone in their hand and makes that and says like, oh retweet this this is an unbelievable outrage like we need to protest we need to ban this as if that's a legitimate act and when you actually take the next step forward and are willing to protest it we would all look at it and say man that's a really big loser over there
0: well you know what's interesting is that you know and you and I have the same term the twitter mob yes and because I've always equated twitter with Salem witch trials
1: yes which I'm reading a book about right now by the way it's really good and I think there's a lot of truth to it
0: to me that's what it is like it is it's people giving you and look in today's day and age of social media truth and facts truth don't yes th- that doesn't matter facts don't matter what what social what what is the public's opinion on social media that fucking hangs people yes and i'll tell you something look social media hung bill cosby you know in the comedy business we've known about this forever yes. these allegations aren't new no nope. what happened a comedian Hannibal said Burris, something yeah. on stage it caught fire on social media, and the people started talking about it like it was new. And we were all like, "The it's been around for forty years." Well, I mean, 40 it's like it's years. like
1: Ray Lewis killing two people.
0: <laughs> that to me, is, <laughs> and by the way,
1: by Disney, Disney would not let Ray Lewis um, be the MVP of the yes. Super Bowl that they won. They would not allow him to say, "I'm going to Disneyland or Disney World or whatever," because they didn't want to be associated with his with his. Uh, with his with their product. And then they go and hire him and put him on the most expensive brand of television that they have. And he's in now the moral police. He's yes! like, "Johnny Manziel's drinking too much." I'm like, "He didn't kill two fucking people." Wait,
0: do you know when he was criticizing Brady with the the, the Yeah, balls, with the oh, like and he the, was like, the, you the, know, I think game. the integrity of the game. I'm like, "Where's the jacket, Ray?" <laughs> he, he, what happened to the white suit They have you never were found
1: the suit that he was wearing the night that two people were murdered. They put him on trial for double murder. Yes. He pled out and pled guilty to obstruction of justice and testified against two other guys there with him. Um, Settled out of court. Settled out of court for tens of millions of dollars, probably with the victim's families. And you're telling me that this guy is the moral authority for the NFL?
0: You know what's very interesting to me is I had this in... One of the other reasons I I do respect you, because not just uh, sports-wise, but socially and politically, you stand your ground, as do I. You stand your ground for things that you think are absurd, like some of these protests, like at Oberlin College. Oh, my. Look, I will tell you something. I'm a little different than you. like I'm happy that young kids... Are engaged politically. Yes, in some and way. understanding that their voices can make a difference. Yes, I think that's important. Yeah, but to but to protest cafeteria food for cultural insensitivity. And then to tell me like I don't understand why they're setting up safe zones for only Black people. Isn't that called segregation? Yes, 100. percent Okay, so th-
1: the demand of many of these uh, African American you know protest groups right now is that they have segregated safe places, which is Jim Crow. Wh-
0: which is also
1: wh- and you know what else? It's Plessy versus Ferguson in 1896. Like they're trying to turn back to the te- the hands of time to an era when segregation exists yes yeah.
0: and they're also like uh, listing all the things they want to be included in i have to tell you you've uh, to everybody not everybody gets to be included in everything <laughs> yeah. and not only that just because you're not included doesn't mean you're excluded right it just means you're not included well, and,
1: and here yeah and here's the other thing like we were talking earlier about eyewitnesses and how eyewitnesses are some of the least reliable testimony yeah. like they found that to be the case I think when you believe that you are being discriminated against, then you are going to see it everywhere. And it's not like I wish we could test like average discrimination that's occurring because much of the I think a lot of it is perception at this point. Like you know, there's but, a difference but between perception
0: is reality. In people's minds. 100%. The problem is
1: if we had the ability to test that, just like you were talking about example, the guy jumps out with the knife. Yeah. Like to see what actually happens. And I think if you go back and watch it again, like there was a good example, um, recently in New York with all the attention on police shootings, uh, the police shot a guy who had a, had like an, an ax or something. Mm-hmm. And the New York times got all these reports that they had just shot an unarmed man and the people didn't think that there was anything wrong, but they believed because of all the attention that's been given to cops using force excessively that they were more likely to see it. than in reality, they went back and watched the video and they said, you know what? I was just totally wrong because yeah. they had a they happened to have a great video of the actual incident. Now, I'd like to think we can always have videos because the video is not going to lie, right? It's like the camera in the sky or whatever. But a lot of times I think you're you're right, perception is reality, but my concern is like worry about you. Like that's my that's what I tell my kids. Like I feel like we were talking earlier about risk-taking and everything else. Most people make excuses in life, right? They worry about external factors that they can't control and their obstacle that they're creating for them yes the only thing in life i mean this is this is regardless of what your political persuasions are your race your ethnicity your religion the only thing in life that you can control is you so i think if you take a lot of that concern and pour it inside and say i'm going to be the best at whatever i'm going to do and not worry necessarily about all these external factors especially when you're young yeah uh, that's my advice
0: to my kids you know, it's, I sent out something yesterday online, and this was very. Some of the responses I got were so interesting to me. Which was, I sent out a picture because I was disgusted in my mailbox. Yeah. You know, the WGA, which is the Writers Guild, sends out a magazine called Written by, which I love. It's a, a lot of, for me, inspirational stories about people who were pitched script for ten or fifteen years yes. and finally got bought, and all the stuff that I like to read because again, you're it shows in that you, business. Yeah, and it also you shows grind. you. Ten years in, you can still. That dream of that script is still yes. alive. But on the cover of Written By was Woody Allen.
1: Oh, and, yeah. I saw you tweet that.
0: And it fucking bummed. It, listen, and the tweet was, for all of you up in arms about Cosby, as you yes. should be, why does this piece of shit get a pass? Right. Especially in my industry. Why right. does he get a pass? And I got too many tweets because he's white. And here's the deal, and I'll tell you guys, and listen, I'm not saying there isn't racism. There is a ton of racism. And there's a ton of systemic racism.
1: Which is but, what should be fought. I think individual racism is almost impossible almost to impossible, erase, right. but systemic
0: 100%. 100%. But Woody Allen isn't free because he's white. Right. He's rich. Yes. That's where I think. And so I think the some of the stuff that these protests and it's permeating into the younger people is they're blaming now everything on racism. Yeah. The truth it's of the easy matter is- It's and
1: convenient and lazy.
0: But it, way lazy because to me- it's more about rich and poor. Yes. Because, look, you any, you any yes, he is white. Cosby was black and was free because he was rich and he settled out of court. It took one judge to unseal documents that shouldn't have been unsealed because yes. he was like, you know what, fuck this guy. Yeah. That was it. So it's not, look, because. Look he, at O.J. We're almost 20 OJ.
1: years past. I mean, O.J. didn't get off because he was a white guy. Rich. He got off because he was rich. Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis got off because he's rich. Dante I mean, Stallworth got off because he was rich I mean, yeah all of them okay. if you have money for a good lawyer that's we're talking about making a murder early yes. like that's one of the things that if you have worked in the legal field the difference between a rock star lawyer and a shit lawyer is massive and also an overworked lawyer and people don't think about it like if you're going to the super bowl do you want tom brady or do you want like brian hoyer brian hoyer like and that's 32, right? They've narrowed it down to, like, 32 starting quarterbacks, yeah. and there's still a huge gap even in the top 32. We're talking about the difference between Tom Brady and, like, an eighth-grade JV quarterback, like, in terms of the overall legal ability. And so if you're rich, you ain't going to jail.
0: That's my point. Like, so I – and by the way, we listed off for black athletes only because I'm, I'm trying to show that – Ben
1: Roethlisberger got away with – Yeah. I mean, he he had look, a suspension from the league, but he uh, got away with it because – He's got money.
0: Woody Allen – I mean look and there's tons of rumors about other guys who have hit their What's wives. What's the Durst guy uh, before he yeah. got the documentary Yeah, Durst guard. that was the jinx that was amazing yes. um, but point but just point being to me when you go to court and you have money or the, the opposition better either have money or th- such a crazy amount of proof Class, class. Like a I think Ray Carruth amount of truth. Yeah,
1: I think class is becoming a more significant division than race in this country,
0: without a doubt. And now look, there. There's no doubt that in some of it, it's seen as black and white because there. White la- people have more money than black yes. people,
1: but that's not necessarily going to be the case for. I mean, on an individual basis, like 100. If Will Smith went out and was accused of murder, he's probably going to get off, yes. right? Because he's rich, not yes. because he's a black guy. If uh, same thing with Brad Pitt. Like you know, we're just using L.A. examples, uh, but. You know, it's it, it's fame, it's it's money, and it's and that's influence. And I think that that's my issue on um you know affirmative action is kind of a fascinating issue, but there it's before the Supreme Court right now. But I get very little attention paid to the fact that almost all the top universities are all the same class, right? Mm-hmm. There's very little socioeconomic diversity, and that to me is more important than racial diversity because there's a lot more difference between a poor kid. And a rich kid to me than there is a rich black guy and a rich white guy or a rich black girl 100%. and a rich uh, and, white And when girl. you
0: send them to those those schools, you're also putting them. Look, when a bunch of rich people get together, right? Yep. That's who my contacts are now. So when I have, <laughs> oh, you know what I know? Yeah. I know Tim from college who's also rich. Yeah. But this could help him. Right. It's not reaching down to people they don't know.
1: Right. No, right? it's hundred percent true. So
0: the system stays the same
1: and you also it's important to i I try to get this with my kids too like in america today everything is aspirational right most people spend most of their time looking up Mm -hmm. like they want something that somebody else already has like they spend very little time considering their status within the context of the world or with certainly within the context of the country and this is my argument like so these missouri protesters who i've been going off on yeah like uh the, the, and and the the onus of the, the the basis for the Missouri protest was and this is so ludicrous it's like you literally it's like a South Park script uh, so, <laughs> by the uh, way have you watched the South Park this oh, year oh yes it's, this, this year, is South this Park... is their best year of South Park oh, is that crazy yes. and i they, 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 it's hard hit the, to say that because this that show is so good they've hit that they've hit the cultural touch tones perfectly they beat the yes, cultural yes, they beat them they beat so them, yeah. they had a poop swastika mm-hmm. which <laughs> you're jewish right like yes. i don't even know whether a poop swastika like is actually is it ant like if hitler would not be like if he saw a poop swastika he wouldn't be like god bless like this guy's on my side yeah like, I, it, it could be a post-meta poop swastika by the way, and
0: i saw it
1: yeah look you expected it to be more substantial didn't
0: yeah you? because look i was like that could be a swastika or yes. somebody just could have shit <laughs> Do you yeah. know what i mean <laughs> so that is one thing yeah uh
1: the pre- the gay black president of the student body and by the way if you're electing a gay black guy president of your student body not sure inclusiveness is one of the issues on the campus. But I agree with that, Let's, too. let's yeah, roll yeah. there. Supposedly had a racial slur yelled at him off campus. Do Unfortunate. You, can I tell you how many yeah.
0: times I've been called Jew? Yeah. By the way? Yes. Uh, it, 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 uh, coming off stage in meet and greets, it just happens. happens. You can't squash it. Like you yeah. said, individual racism. It's going to happen. Yeah.
1: And I think about that in the context of I went to school in Washington D.C. at GW, which is a huge Jewish population. I yep. feel like I should be an honorary Jew for having uh, gone there because it's like sixty percent Jewish. It or whatever is. My it is. cousin went there. Yeah, yeah. of course. Um, and so, uh, so I think about that. Like, we're, if I'm off campus with a couple of Jewish guys and somebody pulls up next to him and yells a Jewish slur of some sort, like I can't imagine that my first thought would be I've got to tell the university president. Like, no, we're off campus in a major American city and it has nothing to do, nothing with to do with the campus. So that was an off campus slur Guy goes and tells the university president and doesn't feel like the university president is responsive enough. And then somebody else yelled an N-bomb on the, on the campus, like who wasn't a student, uh, uh, like just walking through campus drunk and they did a protest for that. And so my argument in general is: take a step back, okay? That's unfortunate. I wish there was no racism. I wish there was no like. I wish everybody was entirely equal. I wish nobody like all those things, right? Like, but I always like to say like
0: Yes, uh, people we are, always. I also wish yes. I had a million dollars in my backpack. Yeah,
1: and and yeah. I always like to preface all this by saying like I'm anti-death. Like I hate death more than you. Yeah. I wish nobody ever died. <laughs> people are like, cancer sucks. Yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna take you a step further. <laughs> I hate death. <laughs> I, I hate death more than you. Like everybody wants to be moral outraged. Yeah, like, yeah. I wish the immortal I wish I, I I and everybody else listening. This right now was going to be immortal, and not only immortal, immortal at the age that you want to be immortal at uh, for the rest of your life. What, what age would you go with? Uh, I love my age right now.
0: Uh, I would go with your age too. Uh, thirty. I'm
1: thirty five, 35, 36. I feel like I'm. I'm not like starting downhill yet. Yeah. But I'm old enough to like have some. I, I wouldn't want to be in my twenties, and I wouldn't want to be like fifty.
0: Twenties um, is like.
1: You know, I, yeah. I feel like I've got enough perspective. I'm healthy. Like I'm not. Uh, I think the 30s are a good age and I think Beard around 35 good. or 36 yeah um but yeah I, w- I would say that I would stay this age for the rest of my life yeah. if I could I'd be totally happy with it. I'd, um but um but my thing is privilege people only look up on privilege yes like so this idea the, the big thing now is I get told all the time like you can't have an opinion anything because you have white privilege and I went on Twitter recently and I was like uh, one of the protesters, the lead protester, his dad is worth over twenty million dollars mm-hmm. and made seven million dollars last year. And he grew up in this huge mansion, and uh, and he is now you know oppressed at Missouri because you know like something or other like somebody yelled a racial slur on campus yep. or off campus. And my thing is, I would change my race in a heartbeat for twenty million dollars. Like yeah. I would be anything for twenty million dollars, yeah. right? Like we we're talking about earlier, like class versus yeah. money. Like uh-huh. I'll take the money over over my race and sell it in a heartbeat. So I'm not sure what white privilege is worth, but. Take a step back and think about it in terms of privilege. If you are in India, let's say, and you magically got picked up in India and you're living in in one of the shanty towns there, one of the hovels, like they have absolutely no running water, no money, like the slumdog millionaire-esque places where a billion or more people are living like that, at least in India almost, uh, and certainly in in other uh, third world countries. And so you pick him up or her and you take him to the campus at Missouri and you say, your job for the next four years is as follows. You get to live in this dorm, you get to eat as much as you want, you get unlimited Wi-Fi, which they wouldn't even know what that is. You no. get this thing called a laptop where you can watch any television show that's ever been created in the history of mankind. You have to go to 15 hours of class a week and just stay eligible, which means it's almost impossible to flunk out of school if you just go, right? They would look around and they'd be like, at every single person in the on the campus, these are the most privileged people in the world. 100%. Regardless of the color of their skin, regardless of their sex, regardless of their religion. So,
0: By the way, let's not even talk about the living conditions they have on college campuses which is better than I bet 90% of the people in the world live. Oh, more than 90%. Is that safe to say? You have
1: abundant sex partners. You have like no like no tangible like if you get sick you have tons of doctors like there is literally this is why I always think like college kids are like we've got it so hard like it's it's an oppressive place. I'm like you motherfuckers need to get out into the real world. You want to know what oppression is? It's when you're 22 and you don't have enough money to pay rent or it's when you're 22 and you got three kids and one of them is sick and you can't afford to take them to the emergency room. Like you Guys have no clue what actual oppression is.
0: But where do you think? Look, there are huge comics yeah. who won't play college campuses. Yeah, I've anymore, read about that. Right, and look, I remember walking off my the last the last show I did at a college campus, and I called my agent when I was flying home, and I was like, I'm never fucking doing that again. I said the word Jew. Yeah, I'm Jewish. Yes, I was saying I said as a Jew. Yes, that's to be how I started yes. the sentence. And the crowd went, ooh. And I went, what are you ooing? I said, I am Jewish. Jew, yes. I was identifying myself yes. as Jewish. And some guy screamed out, Jew's not a good word. You're Jewish American. I go, no. Oh Jewish American doesn't make sense. Yes. You understand that Like, I'm a Jew. By the way, I don't. I don't. I'm not in. I'm not, and I know I'm in the minority. I'm not on board with African American either.
1: I, I can see all those arguments. Do for, you?
0: Do, does anyone ever say African European? Do you no, say African no. Asian. I think. I think I it's just. Understand. I think
1: it's just lazy. I think that there is a degree of um, cultural sensitivity which is absurd that actually, to me, propagates division. And I so agree. That's, that's They're Americans. Yes. Americans. That, that's yeah. my. That's my position in general. Is that at some point if you start to protest so much then you're like the boy who cried wolf. Mm-hmm. And if there are legitimate instances that w- you want to draw attention to, it makes me, as a middle-of-the-road guy, less likely to turn my head and say, okay, there's a point going on here. There's a like You have taken it so far beyond the pale that it's unacceptable. I'll give you an example. You're talking about college campuses. I remember I went to GW, and I remember being on uh, GW's campus, and we had Jon Stewart come in. And mm-hmm. this was before he did The Daily Show. And John Stewart did some of the darkest material I've ever heard, which was hysterical, by the way, about how attractive he thought John Benet Ramsey was.
0: Hilarious. Okay. Like,
1: <laughs> so, so you, so as, so what I, and, and here's my thing, like, uh, if he did that today and that was audio or videotaped yeah. and it went out, like, he's maybe John. the most, maybe the most beloved, um, you know, like, uh, comic in America, right? Because of how successful the Daily yeah. Show, how brilliant he is, how well they did, I mean, everything else. Liberal guy, like, clearly, and to me that material is important and people say well that's offensive to me it's important that offensive to you never be the standard that we use because it's entirely and totally arbitrary what is offensive to you may not be offensive to me and so I say like I don't really have very strong political beliefs in general now. I want to legalize sports gambling, um, and that's really my only issue now. Like, uh, I, it would make me a lot of money. And by I'm the way, we it. should
0: we should run on the same ticket. Yeah, I just want to make sure I can drive fast in the left-hand lane. Yeah, and
1: and and and, and yes, and and bet on sports on my phone. Um, I think that the other thing is. Um, I say that I'm only in favor. I only believe in two things absolutely because I think absolutism is really scary. Yep. like If you're absolutely committed to anything, it makes me terrifying. I only think I'm two absolutely things I'm committed to is boobs, which have never let me down. No. Like I'm a, always loved boobs. Yeah. And the First Amendment. And so to me, what's scary about which this one's is which first? Which one's more important? Uh, first Amendment, probably. But personally, to my penis, <laughs> boobs. Uh, <laughs> first amendment's never given me an erection that
0: I've no, uh you don't know for a fact yeah. do you
1: uh th- this by the way is a good uh, side about my erections um so i went <laughs> to go see the star the episode seven of star wars are you a star wars guy okay i'm not going to give anything okay. away but you have seen return of the jedi yes and the scene where leia sits in her bikini on job of the hudson yeah lap.
0: that was never my thing
1: all right that moment i'm not kidding about this i distinctly remember it first time that a woman Ever gave me an erection Really I remember How do you know it wasn't Jabba the Hutt uh, Well (laughs) It's a good question uh, You're like I'm so confused right now I've (laughs) been looking for Jabba my whole life And I never found him since Um, I was sitting there And I remember like I was five Or whatever I was And my penis starts to move Involuntarily And I'm like what what is going on yeah. down here? You know, like I, you know, and then I was like, "Oh, it's this, it's this Princess Leia in the slave costume." So uh, I make my wife dress up as a slave uh, in the Princess Leia have costume all the costume? time. Uh, I have suggested that it be bought. She, so most recently, she has said, so we have three boys? We have a seven, a five, and a one." And she's like, "I don't know that a mom can wear this." And I'm like. You could. Your body can wear this yeah. Like, you, you, Lots of moms couldn't But you could
0: Did you tell her well, you When know, we close the bedroom door You're not a mom
1: Yeah right Well <laughs> yeah. that doesn't work for me Like I went <laughs> After I watched The Victoria's Secret fashion show Like uh, two years ago Yeah I just I went out And I spent $500 on lingerie Like, like the dirty old man That I am For my That's, wife uh, And so Did you go into the like, store By yourself Oh by myself Totally
0: You didn't even do it online
1: Didn't even do it online I went in Like just walking around Like half erection The whole time I'm in there <laughs>
0: I have to look tell at you, it. I'm not a lingerie guy at all. Okay, I like to look at it, right? But it's like, well, that's one extra thing I got to take well, off. Well,
1: so that I'm going to tell you that. So, so I buy $500 worth of lingerie. Um, I, you know, I bring it home, put it under the tree, whatever. Like, no, I don't think I put Is it under the tree. Is that what you called your dick the tree? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I wish. <laughs> uh, it's more like the, uh, the 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 sapling. Um, and so uh, I uh, I uh like give it to her, like she 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 gets it, and she's like, you know. Uh, you stole my punchline already. She's like, I don't want to wear any of this, anything like this, because you're just going to take it off. Yes. Like, and I'm like, oh You know, it's the, it's, when you become a married man, to me anyway, anticipation of sex is more enjoyable for me than actual sex because, you know, like, I know who I am going to sleep with, and like, that was one of the, the, the probably the best thing about being single is you could, even though it might not be likely to happen, right? Any night that you went out, you could end up sleeping with an attractive woman, yeah. right? Like that's yep. the best thing about yep. being single, I think. Like you go out to a bar and something might happen, you might meet somebody. Uh, nowadays, with fucking Tinder and everything else, all these kids they don't even know how easy they have it. It seems
0: to me that if you are not
1: getting laid, you are a total fuckhead.
0: It, it, it just seems so easy to yes. get laid,
1: doesn't it? Like way. It's like- the same. It's the same way with me. I'm sure you were like me um, when I was a kid getting a Playboy magazine or a Aww. Penthouse or something like. Was the it, it was the Manhattan Project? Yeah, you know, like you and your buddies would sit around and what any way that you could get pornography. Yeah, right? like, you yeah. would sit around and just scheme and be like boy you know what we need
0: to do we need to do
1: this and that and that and I, I just I, like, and then you get that one of those magazines and you're like oh my uh, god girls are naked without clothes on Wait, like, this the mag- is
0: incredible like the, and the difference between getting a hustler and a playboy oh s- substantial oh it oh, was yeah. the it was the yes. craziest thing that was like I remember the first time I saw the first porn I saw yes was a you know was a remake of Alice in Wonderland sounds fa- I'm being sold so <laughs> I, I don't know if remake is the right word yes <laughs> It a parody? It wasn't, I don't know if it's yeah, the right it the wasn't right a remake. Is. They didn't follow the plot no, points. No, Alice, Alice didn't end up but,
1: ski poleing in the original uh, Alice in Wonderland.
0: <laughs> the Mad Hatter yes. had the biggest dick I had <laughs> I've ever seen. I was like, "What is happening?" And who knew the Queen, like <laughs> Queen of Hearts, like to go down on chicks? I, absolutely <laughs> yes. I remember I was probably it was for my buddy's thirteenth birthday. Okay, his dad
1: got Bought him a porn.
0: Got the porn and was like, "You guys are old enough for this now." So oh, was, I love that! Listen, so you know, none of us really knew what was happening. So the, it started with like seven year thirteen-year-old boys sitting on a chair. Was the sitting, dad there? He left. So it started with like like 13 year thirteen-year-old yes. boys sitting in a chair, sitting in chairs watching. This is an old VHS tape. Yes, watching porn. But you know, when people started to get naked and hard-ons started to happen, it ended up with seven dudes in sleeping bags. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, like, it. and everyone's yeah. like, who wants to get a drink? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm good. I'm not thirsty. I'm not getting up right now. I'm, uh. do you remember the first porn you saw?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and how much of it did you watch? And was it at your house? Like, what was the...
1: So the first almost porn do you remember like back in the day as of blockbuster or movies to go or whatever those places were like you could try to be slick and mm-hmm. get like a, a soft core cinemax cinemax type yep. movie because uh, and so i remember like all the poison ivies. oh yeah like, i just irked off the poison ivy probably like 50 times you know like whatever poison Ivy. like they had drew barrymore alicia silverstone yeah. like they had a bunch of different like sort of teenage vixens as the stars of poison ivy um but the first Horn that I remember seeing so when I was a kid I used to go to University of Tennessee football games um, with uh, kids that I was also my age my dad would go and the dads would stay in a room you know be like two dads in a room Mm -hmm. and then there'd be like five boys or four boys or whatever else and we'd get our own room and uh, back in the day, Spectre Vision, which is Vision, yeah, they used to give you, and I, I can't believe that somebody ever okayed this, but they would give you a five-minute free preview. Oh, that's all you like, needed. Which is, by far all you needed. Like, who sits and watches the whole porn? No. Um, I, I, you know, when, you gotta, when you're 14,
0: you could have jerked oh, off three shit, times in yes. five minutes.
1: So uh, we would uh, get, like, the, the hotel room clock and try to time it so that we could get it right up to close to five minutes and then get out before the five-minute. Right. So some of those porns... Uh, so that's the answer. I, we watched a bunch. But some of the, the funniest ones were like, some of them just come right to the banging, right? Like 10 seconds in, there's banging. Yeah. Other ones would have like plot points. And you'd be like, we're three minutes in. We're going to get any sex." You know, like I don't need to know. the I don't yeah. need that. I'm a four, 13-year-old boy. Like I don't need to know the lead up to why the fireman's going to the house. I, I still to, don't need the lead up, by the yeah. way.
0: Some of my friends like the backstory. I, I don't care. You know what
1: I like, which I think is weird, is I like the moments of anticipation before they're totally nude. Like I think You that, do? Yeah. I think that when the girl takes her clothes off is enjoyable. Right. What I don't enjoy, like we've got these big mics now, I think that watching a dick get sucked is like infinitely not enjoyable to me. Oh, I'm not. You I'm not like, I'm see, not a lot of guys it. must like it because I'm like, I mean, I'm pro my own penis being sucked. But yeah. like once the sucking has started, I'm like, I don't necessarily need to see this go on for so long. And they all have the same theme, right? The same plot points. It's dick suck, maybe a little bit of oral for the girl. Yeah. Banging. And now it seems like almost always finishing on the face, the chest, wherever it is. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like I enjoy the, the moment of, well, this girl's got clothes on. You're but a I'm romantic. Gonna get to, yeah, I'm a romantic. <laughs> but I'm going to get to see her take her clothes off. Um, you are. And yeah, I was I, talking about this earlier. Have you, have you ever been caught masturbating, like as a kid? Yes. Who caught you? My mom. Like just walked in on you? Yeah. What were you jerking off to?
0: Uh, and how old were you? I believe I was I was using my imagination,
1: <laughs> which the spank bank.
0: Yeah, uh, which is by the way, doesn't nobody
1: uses their imagination anymore.
0: But the, it the spank bank never runs out; it's you, never empty.
1: And I bet you can do this too, because I know like every guy I talk to about it. Like in seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth grade, uh, we the spank bank would get filled up because you'd be daydreaming in class, Ugh. and you'd have to be like, if I had to have sex with a girl in this class, like yes. who would I pick? And I can go through like most of my high school and like seventh through twelfth grade classes and be like. Oh, uh, you know, English, uh, English, ninth grade English, I would have gone. And then you bounce them out because you're like, I don't want to have sex with the same girl in there every was class. Like, like strategically, it's like a draft pool. You're like, I'm going to take her in English class. But then later, when it's math, you know, like I got a tough call here. You know, it's like, do I want to go with the quarterback or the offensive
0: line? You know, it's like. <laughs> there was a girl in my driver's ed class, and we had the machines. Yes. And she actually, and I'm friends with her on Facebook, and she might listen to this podcast. Yes. A girl named Kristen Hilt. Who every time I saw her, right, I got a little bit of a chub, <laughs> and I sat next to her in driver's <laughs> ed. What does she
1: do now? Do you know?
0: She actually, uh, she flies. Like she has a pilot's she license. She flies planes. She's, she's kind of a, a badass. Yeah, she's a total badass. And yes. I see her when I go to Charlotte yeah. or South Carolina, and uh, but she doesn't. Well, she knows now. Yeah. But every time I saw her, I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that would. D- we also had a teacher in my high school. Oh, we had one too. Who slept with the students?
1: Oh. We did, too. But was it a girl or a guy? Girl. And isn't it crazy how... So that's awesome. Like, By it- the way,
0: she she picked one person every year. Everybody in school knew it. We all wished it was going to be us, but nobody fucking told anybody. But you know why? Because I'll tell you what, right now, and I, I'm i still good friends with a guy who's who, in my class, slept with her, and I got a's because i used to drive her to her, him to her house
1: to banger yeah now look was she hot yeah oh my god See, okay. i'm jealous of this guy now but
0: here's the deal what did you
1: do after you dropped him off just jerk off in the no, car I, like I, I wish i was that no, guy. no
0: i went in she made me food i watched tv they had sex we drove home uh, uh, did you feel a little bit left
1: out like no, you're in there eating like a peanut butter jelly sandwich yeah. you know what i mean
0: but here's the deal like i and i know like people don't buy into this but you cannot tell me that women and look i don't think if you're a 30 year old woman you should, women should be walking around having sex with 15 or 16 year old boys but to say that those women should be in jail for statutory rape Oh, the, my, my favorite. Is ridiculous. That
1: every boy would trade, like you would have traded spots with your friend in like a heartbeat. And I you, asked him. I and said, you wouldn't be scandalized no, at all right I now. I asked like, him, it, I go,
0: does it affect your life? And he goes, are you kidding? In, in a great in way. In a great way. He <laughs> said, it gave me so much confidence in right. high school that he was like, I, and we all high-fived and we were like, this dude is a fucking this,
1: man. This reminds me, so like last year I wrote about this on OutKick. Um, there was this kid in Louisiana who was like 16 or 17 and he got two of his teachers, who were both former LSU sorority girls, to be in a threesome with him. Good for I'm him! Like, Wait, this, h- how old is he? Like, he's a high school kid, 16 or 17. I'm like, first of all, this guy is going to fuck every girl on campus when he gets to college. My if God. he's got teachers, grown-ass women, being in a threesome with him at 16... I almost feel like we should elect the guy to the Senate. Yeah, I mean, that did guy they get, get, get trouble? The teachers? oh yeah, they went to jail. And I'm like, this this guy. We shouldn't put anybody in jail. We should just make this kid like the governor of Louisiana because I he could get shit done.
0: Yeah, if okay, because here's the deal. I can I, we were both boys. Yes. So we know put
1: ourselves in that situation entirely, and you're like,
0: are I, you I, we, adversely
1: affected in, in any way? way. In any way, zero.
0: Because I have to tell you, I don't think, and again, I can only speak for men. Right. Um, I don't think that the emotional attachment is there because all you're thinking is, holy shit, I'm having sex with like a grown person
1: or just, I'm having sex.
0: Yes. Now I can't, if, if, so if my son had sex with a high school teacher, I of course would be like, dude, you know, and I would say, you know, maybe she shouldn't be teaching. Yes. But she, she probably shouldn't go to jail and let's just, and good for you and high five them. Now my daughter, I have a daughter. If my yes. daughter had sex with a high school you feel teacher, differently? I would go, you'd want to choke the guy to death. I would fucking death. kill the guy.
1: Yeah. And that's the way most juries respond, by the way, because typically it's guy if guys do it, like they're predators and they're gonna go to jail. But
0: I know I can only speak for me. Right. When I'm horny. Yes. As a single man. It is predatory. Right. Not in a rapey way. Right. Okay. But do you know what I mean? But it to me it is, there is a little more because look, as a high school boy, if I don't want to have sex, I'm not gonna be hard. Period. Yes. So you can't have sex with me. Yes. But if you're naked and I get hard, I would like to have sex with you. I can't speak the same for a grown man in a t- high school. I don't know if. She- I,
1: I think that's a, that's a common. I think most dads, if they're honest, would have the exact same perspective. Like if you do have you a feel son, that way? I don't have a daughter, so it's hard. But but I do. I, I do you I think there's a difference? Yeah, I definitely think it's, there's a double standard, and I think it's because we can. I, I can't speak for the, the female side because I don't know what it that, feels like too. to be in that that position. Yeah. But I can 100% tell you that if a 16 year old boy has sex with a 26 year old teacher. That that's that 16 year old boy is going to be like, this is fucking awesome. And I don't think in any way that he's going to be scarred for life. No. Um, and I don't know why that is differently. But I think the easy answer is because I know exactly what it feels like to be a 16 year old boy. And I would have been like, I can sleep with a hot chick in my school. I, I, I would I, I would be like, this is this is heaven on earth.
0: I would love to hear. And by the way, for another. But by the way, I would love to hear when people listen to this women, if you think it's different, I would love to hear from you. So make sure you, you get in touch with me. But I would tell you this, too, man. Not only would it not affect me adversely, I think, like, for my buddy, it would be a positive.
1: Like, it gave him more confidence. Yes. Yes.
0: Like, he was like, I was not sh- and then sure of myself, but then I was like, I'm fucking a grown woman who's really good looking. Right. Win. When,
1: when? Now, Yes. Now, I would take the step back and say, I would love to know, like, so I think this, this has been my theory for what could be invented that would be just beyond awesome and there are many things, but one I would love is for you to be able to look into the mind of somebody else and see what they actually think, like literally a meeting of the minds. Yeah. Like you know, I feel like men a lot of times know what other men are thinking, right? Like we can see things from a male perspective. In the general yes. direction, yes. Like how cool would it be when you're in an argument with somebody if you were just like, okay, let's table this argument. I'm going to take your thoughts and just put them in my head and try to see what you're seeing. Like right, like so. Mm-hmm. I would. Mike. My, my only concern about that would be. I think a twenty-six-year-old woman who's sleeping with a sixteen-year-old boy has probably got some issues. Agree. Why is she not sleeping with? Like, if you're a hot twenty-six-year-old, uh, you, like you've got guys from twenty twenty to. Forty who wanted wanted to go out with you and like yeah. hook up with you. Like, what is it I about agree. your life that you are sleeping with a, a teenager? Like, I question their like mental awareness, but for the guy from the high school guy perspective, I don't question it at all.
0: that And that's why I am saying like maybe they shouldn't be working with high school kids. Yes,
1: one hundred percent they shouldn't.
0: And look, I would say also, you know, some of that is the forbidden fruit.
1: Yeah, probably. Do so. you know what I mean? Some of that no, is. Like,
0: there is nothing more exciting than that thing you are not supposed to do, right? And so to be able to sneak it and all that stuff. Now there's also some probably some mental stuff in there, and I agree with you. it. Shouldn't be. It's not like they should keep teaching and yes. keep fucking, but they don't need to go to jail.
1: I agree with that. I think we put way too many people in jail for way too many reasons. By the way, like my theory on jail is we want only violent people there. I agree. Like we have so many people who just do dumb shit. You know, like
0: I can't believe the people who either smoke weed or sell it are in jail. It's
1: absurd it's totally banana land, bonkers, absurd. Like, it makes no sense. Like, so, and and that's having worked in the criminal justice system, right? Like, I, I represented criminal defendants. I mean, we were talking earlier about making a murderer, like, people do dumb stuff yeah but to me this is the same way that i feel like about college football players i always draw a line between like dumb college kids stuff you know if you, for instance if you deserve to stay on scholarship yeah i will forgive a lot of dumb college kids stuff because everybody does dumb college kid stuff mm-hmm. from violent predator behavior like some things are dumb college kids stuff and you're like okay that's stupid but like you're gonna run some more laps like you're gonna and a lot of times they aren't treated the same like getting busted like getting kicked out of school for smoking weed is to me just crazy like it's it's absurd that we would ever be in that position right
0: I, I couldn't agree with. versus you
1: like punching a woman like Oklahoma's got a guy who broke a woman's jaw and is still on scholarship to play football like that's something that's way beyond the pale right like that's violent behavior and if you do it once you're likely to do it again and all those things um and uh i just think it's uh it's totally absurd
0: okay i followed last year uh, everything with Jameis winston and you yep. and okay um and um so then when take away the rape allegations
1: for Jameis, for Jameis. still stealing the crab legs and like the bb gun stuff would Stupid that have, college. Would kid that stuff. have been anything? Zero. For you? Zero. I, I
0: agree with you. Like to me, the the crab Lake stuff got blown so far out of proportion. It was blown out of
1: proportion because of like of his the judgment. Rape allegations? Yes, because people had already made the decision, which I think was accurate. That that it had been partially covered up, and this is an idiot. Like if you had gotten away with rape, which I think Jameis Winston probably did, mm-hmm. just honestly uh, listening to his accuser reading everything, I think it's more likely than not that he raped her.
0: Why do you think acu- Why do you think accusers? especially in today's day and age get hammered so much I think
1: it's because people first of all it goes back to that decision that we talked about earlier college fans are amoral they will support anything that makes their team more likely to win and Mm. Jameis Winston was a really fucking good player really and so Florida State fans reacted they said they're defending him and his innocent until proven guilty and everything else but that's bullshit if he had played at Florida and was about to play against them, they'd been like, look at the Gators, doing whatever they have to do to win a football game. If he'd played at Miami, it would have been the same situation. But it's because it's their school, they will lap up whatever shit they put out there, even if it's totally illegitimate. And so, um, and the way that they lap it up is they decide, one, he's innocent, and two, inevitably she's a hoe that's what i get all the time like yeah and they attack the accuser and i think again i am not an expert I've, I've never been in that situation but i've been around cases like that and what you have to do is put yourself into the perspective of that girl and say why in the world would she make this up like i understand that some people do false uh, make false accusations yeah. about all sorts of things yeah. like right like some people are liars like they're going to make things up duke lacrosse duke lacrosse is an example right um, but it, by and large, if you go to get a rape kit done, like the number of women who immediately after having sex, call the police, have their friend pick them up, are crying and go to the hospital and go through the indignity of a rape, uh, kit and actually are making it up is all it's infinitesimal. And because that's so demeaning and I'm not, I can't even right. conceptualize what that would be like. Cause I'm a guy like for a woman to put herself into that perspective, you call your parents and you tell them that not only did you have sex, like my wife still doesn't even like having sex when her parents come stay at our house. Right? Like (laughs) you know, like so you have to call your parents and talk about your sex life, which is something that most people don't don't even want to do, and say you were raped. Like all those things. I just think there's a almost a zero percent chance that that she didn't like now, and that gets into the, the complicating factor. Of, like, he said, she said. Right. Like, she 100 billion percent believes she was raped. I think Jameis Winston probably raped her. Uh, I think there's, if you want to defend him, what the Florida State uh, investigation uncovered, and this is crazy, was there's a 50% chance likely that he raped her, and there's a 50% chance likely that he didn't. In other words, the guy who had, the Florida State investigator he didn't say Jameis Winston didn't rape her. Uh-huh. He said it, but I find both of their stories equally likely. So it's literally right in the middle. Like he couldn't even find one shred of evidence to take it, make it fifty point one percent that he did, or a shred of evidence for Jameis that make to make it forty nine point nine that he didn't.
0: Do you think there's a possibility that she thinks she was raped and he doesn't think? He thinks they had sex, but he didn't rape her.
1: That's exactly what the judge found when he analyzed the situation. I think if you're going to defend him, I think that's the best defense that you can give him: is that he believed it was consensual, and she believed that it was not.
0: I mean, it's. I have to tell you, look, and again, I'm coming from it from somebody who has a daughter. It's the, hard for
1: me to conceive that you could ever have sex with someone and not be sure that she wanted to have sex with you.
0: It's just hard. Like that is definitely hard for me to understand. But what's harder for me to understand is. How hard people go after the accusers And then for people They crushed her But they crush them all the time And then Which makes it less likely That you're going to want to go public Right So now then When they go well, Why'd you wait a year Well because I saw How that last fucking woman Was just treated Yes And I was trying to decide If it was worth it for me To go through it Now I will You bring up an interesting case About sports fans in general Being amoral right Yes Uh, Let's go back to Deflate Gate for a second Yep and I feel like I have a, have a pretty level head. I, look, I think they should have just been fined. Right. Right? But there clearly was some misreporting. Like that first thing about 10 balls being, and all that, everything, ended, it ended up being so many lies. Yes. So many lies being put out there by a certain network and by the league that have just been proven to be false. Now he did destroy a phone, all this stuff, pay a fine. Right. Why, though? And for me, I'm not. I'm not exonerating him. Right. Look, you know, you're. If you're Tom Brady, nobody does shit to things that you own. Right. Unless at some point in time in the past you've said, "This is how I like these." Yes. Okay. Whether that happened or not. Okay. But now this thing with Peyton Manning and the HGH. Yep. Now, why did ESPN got it in their teeth? But they weren't like a pit bull like they were with the the, the flake gate. For me, I'm not immoral about it, but I would love equal treatment. There's no disputing that HGH was sent to his house under his wife's name. Right. Now, if that had been Brady, do you think people would have let this go as easily? Like, why don't you think there's equal reporting on these things? Well,
1: one, I think the whole thing with HGH is fascinating because in baseball— It's like you're a horrible human being if you ever use any improper substance. In football, I think we kind of expect it.
0: But I hope they take it so they can play on Sunday.
1: 100%. I have no problem We look at football players as gladiators, right? Like, I I, I always think, like, in ancient Rome, I bet the gladiators had pretty badass lives if they lived in the 20s and 30s. But if you lived into your 50s, you were all fucked up, right? Because all the beatings that you took in the arena and everything else. Uh, but you were living like a rock star in your 20s and 30s. You right. know? It's like you were worried about you know like what it was going to be like in your 50s. I think that's the NFL now. And so I think as fans, we are amoral about the shit that gets done to these guys. Because You talk to former football players. I don't think the average – I didn't have any clue until I started spending more time around former football players. I don't think the average fan has any conception
0: of how violent the NFL is. Have you ever been on – listen, there's a difference between watching it in the stands, at home – or on the sideline when you're on the sideline the speed at which they're running into each other i remember the first time that happened with me the speed at which they were running into each other was breathtaking to me yes. i was like oh my this is like a it's not a contact sport it's a collision it's sport. a car crash it's a fucking and and it should what what should be a a a a a telltale sign for people is look there's more injuries now without people getting hit why because people's bodies are so so much stronger and faster than they used to be, that their tendons they just can't support it. They don't keep; they're not keeping up with the rest of the bodies.
1: And that's why my argument has been: at some point, we're going to see like a death, and it's going to change everything overnight. In like football, somebody, you think? Yes, I think in football, somebody's going to go over the middle and just get lit up to such an extent that they die. I mean, I think that's going to happen in the next decade at some point—major college or NFL. Players get bigger, stronger, faster. And I think what's going to happen is, in the same way, like if we were doing this podcast, if podcast exists. I like to talk about this, Podcast existed in the 1950s. We'd be like, horse racing, boxing, and baseball are always going to be the three most important sports in America. And it's laughable for you to argue. Was it horse racing? Yes, it was insane. In the 1950s, it would have been like all about horse racing and boxing. And nowadays, nobody with like any kind of hope at all in their life is letting their son get into a boxing ring and box, right? Like you have to be like just so down on your luck like that's their path out like I think this guy can make a living from boxing but I'm going to risk like letting somebody hit my kid in the head and I think what's going to happen is the middle class are going to start pulling their kids out of football they already it's are it's already starting yeah and you start thinking about that. people say why does that matter there's always going to be people who want to play football look at the way that football is played now there's like 12 or 13 quarterbacks that are actually good enough to be in the nfl imagine if russell wilson you counting
0: matt ryan in there
1: <laughs> yeah imagine if russell wilson the manning uh the manning brothers like imagine if their parents are like no i'm gonna push these guys into baseball or i'm gonna right. push them into soccer i'm gonna push them into another sport where it's safer all of a sudden half of your potential pool of quarterbacks is gone, right? And you end up with this. Talent is, you know, this what what we do for a living. Talent is not distributed evenly. Like some people are better at things than others. Yeah, now you can work hard, like you can do all those things, but ultimately, talent is a function of probability to me. Like if you have a million people playing football, then. A 1,000 of them are going to run like a 4-4, right? There's hardly anybody that can run a 4-4 and be fast and be athletic like right. that. And so as you diminish the overall pool, the quality of the game is going to diminish as well because you're just not going to have as many players. And I think football, I think we've reached peak football. As much as I love the sport, and we're, we're doing this on a Sunday. I watched NFL all morning. I've been betting on all these college football Me games too. all week. I love it. I mean, it's my favorite sport. But I'm not going to let my kids play. And not until, You wouldn't? I don't, not until high school. And I, I think the other way to think about it is... Why my not kids,
0: until high school? That's when the collisions start happening.
1: Uh, well, at least then they'd be able to make a decision that they wanted to play. Right, okay. Um, and so I don't think the collisions are big enough in, like, your average high school. It's not like they're playing 5A Texas football. Um, Those are some big boys. Yeah. Um, I would let them consider playing when they're 9th or 10th grade. Um, but And I also know my kids are not going to be good enough. Like they don't. I can already tell. Like, they're... They're, they're gonna make money with their brains uh they're not they're not gonna be running four fours uh, and by
0: the way you are like and like me a very realistic parent yes
1: yes i mean there are all these parents like i always think it's funny like because this is uh, maybe this goes to the same thing about not being able to put like your your hat on and be like yeah i can go to a soccer match and be like if my son at four is not by far the best four-year-old soccer player probably ain't that great of an athlete right yeah like if he's yes. scoring eight goals in a game, okay, he might be pretty good. But parents like have that inability to understand that their sons are probably going to be average athletes. Like,
0: look it, at you! I always tell people, look at you! You're yeah. five four, yeah, 185. Why do
1: you think that you're going to produce <laughs> and LeBron James? Like, yeah. you know, like, and and yet parents get so wrapped up <laughs> in their sons, especially their sons, but it happens with daughters too. Like their offspring's Ugh. sports successes that I like. You are ludicrous if like go enjoy the game if you want to like I'll go um and uh but it's just crazy to me how many people think that their kids have like supreme talent like
0: I think you know it's interesting what you said about in the 50s boxing yes right Uh, horse racing baseball that makes me think that soccer and I think soccer will start to take a hit too years down the line because they're saying with the amount of that they head the ball. They'll
1: stop heading, I think, in 20 years. I think they'll be like, you can't yes, head the ball anymore. I think
0: you're right. But I think there will be a drift back to baseball.
1: That, I think there's some truth to that. I was be, thinking about that the other day. You know. Because you can play it forever. Forever. Yes. Look,
0: you can play it forever and walk. When I mean walk away from the game, I mean literally. Yes. Walk away from the game. You know, um, Mookie Betts, who's As from, long
1: as you're not a catcher. Like, the physical toll yes, of baseball in your body is, is, is pretty minimal.
0: And and Mookie Betts is from your neck of the woods, I believe. Yeah. He plays for the Red Sox. But, you know, I understand he didn't play baseball until he was in high school. Because, from what I understand, that his family was like, because he had some uncles who were, they were like, hey, play baseball. Because you can play forever and walk away from the game. And on top of that, I know people are saying baseball's dead. But they still are rolling out $300 million contracts, so I don't know how
1: dead it is. <laughs> yeah, it's very strong regionally. Yeah. People are going to those games.
0: So so I think there may be a, a, a swing back. What I think, think there'll be
1: a swing back there. I think the NBA is going to remain ins- insanely popular. Uh, baseball is tough just because, like, you have to have it's harder to play pickup baseball right yeah like anybody can play pickup soccer anybody can play pickup basketball and if you got a football you can get in the backyard and be like okay three on three you know like somebody's a quarterback like we're going to run around and play yeah um but I, I think i think there's some truth to that i've been thinking about what sports people are going to move into and golf I think baseball golf could help tennis sucks now would love to uh, see a big but bowling there, comeback yeah there could be people start to play tennis i talked to andy roddick you know works here at fox and uh... He's like, the number of guys who are in tennis is just, I mean, it's small. And if you were going to be strategic about it, if you knew you had a great athlete, you could go yeah. all Richard Williams on you that's and create thing, like though. Venus and Serena. You there's know, he a just little, decided.
0: There's a little bit of a money thing though. Yes. Right? Like you said, if you're in a socioeconomic situation and you don't have a whole lot of money, there may, there may be a, a park where there's a basketball court, right?
1: Certainly you can play soccer in any like yeah. courtyard anywhere.
0: If that's why like golf and tennis, hockey, shit like tough that. tough to play. Yeah. who wants? I
1: think hockey, too, is going to be one where they're going to look more and more at concussions because those guys get the shit beat out of them,
0: and nobody talks about hockey. Have you sat on the glass and watched that?
1: Yeah, it's inconceivable to me.
0: Look, anybody who goes, hockey's boring, and you've seen it on TV, go sit on the glass. Yeah. How how fast do they move? How big are they? But how hard do they hit each other? They
1: hit the shit out of each other, and they play so many games. Yes. I don't understand how those guys do it.
0: And, but dude, like they had, there's a level of toughness in hockey. Yes. That I don't, I can't You just get hit
1: in the face with a puck and they give you like 20 stitches and you go back and And play. And you go
0: back in. Those guys who dive, dive with their bodies and their faces in front of a puck.
1: Yeah. You're like me. If I lost a tooth, I'd be like. Fuck, I lost a tooth. It would be like the worst day, of, worst day of my year. I'd be like, i got to go to the dentist. I had, I had a tooth in my mouth, and then it got knocked out. Oh. I'd be like, this is the worst thing ever. In hockey, they get a tooth knocked out, and they're like, okay, let's go back on the ice.
0: I'm going back in. Yes. No, that, that, it's insane to me. Do you think toughest uh, athletes, hockey players, uh, should we exclude bull riders?
1: Bull riders are beasts. Um, I, I think that hockey players, because of the amount of the games that they play, yeah. are the toughest. I think I just think they are like now. I think that football is the most violent because, but they at least only have to play sixteen times. Yeah, and the football injury rate is is infinitely higher. Do you um, think
0: they'll they'll they? Do you think eventually they'll add more people to the roster? You they think should in have in to.
1: NFL. I think they should. I think the, there's two ways to make football safer. Uh, one, you could expand the roster. Two, I think you could give guaranteed contracts. Because if you gave guaranteed contracts, then guys who aren't ready to go back and physically play yeah. would sit out. Like, it's rare that you see a guy sit out in football.
0: What if you guaranteed a portion of the contract?
1: Yeah, a portion of it. Or just you. maybe you can only guarantee two years or three years. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like in baseball, guys sit out all the time. You know, in hockey, if somebody gets a concussion, the best player might sit out for six months, right, like to recover from a serious yeah, injury. absolutely. Like in the NFL, if you get a concussion, you're probably back next week.
0: It's really frightening, man. I will tell you that I think that you are right. Like, I've read articles about how the football uh, enrollment is going down. Yes. It's going way down. We've peaked.
1: We've peaked. I think we've peaked. And, and, and look, people say, how do you know when you peaked? I mean, you can stay at a peak for a long time. Yeah. like, and Or it's just declining a little bit. Uh, but if I were forecasting now 25 years from now, I think, you know, people forget the Super Bowl is only 50 years old, right? We're having Super Bowl 50 this year. And America – Because our country is so new, like if something has existed for just like two generations, we're like this has been going on forever. (laughs) And I'm like, my dad is 70, yeah, and he was 20 before they played the first ever Super Bowl. Crazy, right? Yeah. So we have this idea the Super Bowl is like 400 years old, um, but in reality, it's only 50 years old. By the time we get to Super Bowl 75, I think that the game will be entirely different, and not just like in terms of the way it's played. I think the number of people who are playing, I think the way that it's structured, I think it's going to have to change.
0: All right, let me ask you. I know we're running late. I'm going to ask you a couple questions, real quick, that I ask people with kids because it's important. It's interesting to me for, for perspective. Yes. I know what you do and how you are very vocal and honest and you speak your mind. How, how do you hope that your kids? end up seeing you
1: yeah i think about that now more so as they get to be like a googleable age like they they have ipads like they play around on it. my son my seven-year-old can write and type and everything else first of all i want them to see me as dad no matter what and i think we're fortunate as parents That it doesn't matter who you are. Mm -hmm. Like Barack Obama is the fucking president of the United States, and he's a badass. And Malia and Sasha Obama roll their eyes at any suggestion that he makes. Oh, that's so crazy! Like you see the pictures of them with him, and they're like their eyes are like to the sky. Like they think their dad is one incompetent motherfucker. Yeah, and like I think he's been a pretty good president. So right. So that is that is the great gift of children in general is that they are only going to define you by your relationship with them. So the external universe matters in some sense, but it doesn't like define them. Um I think my the challenge is understanding that dad is in the business of being like an entertainer. Mm-hmm. And I think it's easier for somebody who's like an actor, uh, you know, if you're in a movie, uh and I don't know what kind of daddy is, but let's say that Brad Pitt and all those kids he sits down, he says, you know, like or or Leonardo DiCaprio has a, a, dad, a kid sometime. He's like, "Dad is not the guy who played in Wolf of Wall Street. Now, that guy's a badass. and He right. probably would have been really fun to work for. Have you seen The Revenant? Uh, no, I heard it's great. Ugh! I heard it's great. I've, I've that, never, never seen a movie think-
0: that made me feel more like a pussy. Yeah, guy.
1: right. So that's why I was thinking about it. But DiCaprio doesn't have any kids, but it's easier, for, easier. I think, if you're an actor or actress, to sit down and say, you know, daddy's ma- playing make-believe. Well, you know
0: why? Right. Because they're not using their name. Right,
1: 100%. Right. Like, you're Right.
0: Clay Travis. I am Clay Travis. Right.
1: And what... I get paid to do is to have opinions that I believe in. People say, do you really believe? Yeah, I believe everything that I'm saying. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't just make up things and say things because I think, you know, like I'm trying to be entertaining, but I believe all the opinions that I have. I think um, I would just want them entirely to define me based on their relationship with me, not based on what they see when they Google
0: me. Okay. And so what, from what you do and how you do it, what would you like them to learn from that?
1: So, if I could give my, to the extent that I have any gifts that I could pass on, the one that I would want, and I've talked about this on the air before, is fearlessness. I would like my boys to, by the time they become adults, to be fearless in pursuing whatever they love to do. Mm. And I think the best gift that I could give them is the support of their fearlessness. So, if they come to me and they say, I want to be a fighter pilot, I'm going to say, Go get it, you know. Like, do whatever you need to do to make that happen. Um, I think that's that's the gift that I would most like to uh, to give to them. Um, what I try to say now is there are lots of smart kids, and I think my kids are going to be pretty smart. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also like them to understand that being fearless isn't enough. You have to also work your ass off. Like, you work hard. You travel all over the country. Mm-hmm. I travel all over the country. Mm-hmm. Um, to the extent I worry about anything, I worry about working too hard. And like not being like a traditional dad in the context of like i'm always there you know every morning when they wake up
0: you know what i will tell you what i've learned about that yeah and this took a long time for every good that you every piece of good whatever you think your best part of being a dad is yep there's a counter effect to that that some people could go well the bad part about that is this yes right so, what I would tell you about that is no matter what if you were a stay at home traditional dad, yep. what your fear could be is I'm here for them all the time, but they never see me working.
1: Then yeah, they haven't learned work ethic
0: right. so right. so to me that <laughs> everything thing, is a balancing act right and, and and it's all about honestly, what you feel is more important. You know, last night my my uh, youngest son Jacob, came and saw me do a 1240 set at the improv
1: so do you worry about like jokes that you make on the state like at what age did you think your son was old enough to see every single joke that you make
0: well i'll tell you something i am not and i never been like you know when he was 14 or whatever i took him yep. to see tropic thunder because right. language to me
1: i'm in a complete agreement
0: there in language and tits and all that stuff like and i and i'm far from a prude. yes But if I had to pick between my son hearing language and seeing tits or seeing people massacred in movies, I would pick language and tits all day and the way i
1: was raised in the south it's the flip right yeah crazy like there's violence oh that's fine yeah i don't even
0: it's it's like when i you know i there's some fans i'm in total agreement yeah some fans of mine who are country music fans but they're like you shouldn't talk about weed you know it's not good influence for your son but i'm like but you listen to country music it talks about whiskey yeah all the time all the time why are we right so so for me um uh, the jokes were never that because a lot of the jokes were about him right, or them. And so that was not, never a big thing for me. You want to see what I do for a job? This is what I do for a job. And I had to tell him going in, these stories are about you, but when you hear them, even at a young age he could re- recognize it, when you hear it, some of the stories are a combination of you and your brother. Some of the stories begin in truth and end in something I had to make up to right. make it funny. Yes. So that has been something that hasn't been a problem at all. Now, as he got older... You know, when some of my stuff went online, his friends made fun of him. So I took a lot of, when people ask me, why isn't that joke about your son online? Why isn't that online? That Uh was my one deal with him. My one deal with him was, I'll take those offline.
2: Yeah. Because that's good.
0: To me, that's a whole different thing. That's outside influences attacking him for something that I'm doing, which isn't okay. I will tell you, man, because my kids are way older than yours, you know, what I really learned is that one, and this is a scary thing that I learned early on. You've said something to your kids that will make a profound effect on who they are and what they're going to do. And you have no idea what it is. Right. That's a crazy realization. Yeah, that's true. If you think about the things that your dad said to you, those serious heart to heart talks, do you remember any of them? No. Do you remember the one time he walked through the living room and was like, dude, your forehead is huge? <laughs> yes. By the way, that's why I wear a hat. Yeah. That's the exact reason. My dad and I had, a, I'm sure, a zillion heart-to-heart. Right. You know what I remember? Him walking through the kitchen and saying to me once, you have a big forehead. <laughs> I put on a hat the next day, and We've I've been wearing one, so one ever since. Yes. But do you know what I mean? So as a as a parent, that was a very scary thing for me to, right. for to sink in and go, because when you have heart-to-heart talks with your kids, their eyes glaze over. Yes. And in their brain, they're going, when is he going to stop talking? To, what is...
1: What's also funny about that is I notice now my I, my dad it's awesome um, and uh, in, in that same way you also are imprinting things in your your own mind that you don't even know are there yeah and then sometimes I'll find myself saying something and it's exactly what my dad used to say to me and I'll give you an example um, you know my dad I think was pretty good and still in confidence confidence is really important. I think like to have the confidence to be fearless like Dude, those things top five um, things important yeah so, that, so I'll finish with from I know this is a long podcast but I'll finish with this my dad used to say <clears throat> you know y- your mom and I wouldn't trade you for anybody else in the world and like I don't know if other parents say that I don't know where he got that I don't know if his dad told him that but I say it to my boys all the time it sounds like he was offered something for you yeah you right like, what it, it, but it, but, it, <laughs> but it's true because you know and the other thing is like any flaw that you have is because of you, because of your mom and me. Like, we made you. Uh, and, you know, it, little things like that, like, um, it, it, it's funny, like, you just find yourself saying some of the same things that your parents said, and uh, I'm like, boy, you know, my parents were really good parents. Yeah. And you don't necessarily have an appreciation for it, which is the ultimate revenge, until you have kids of your own, right?
0: You can't have an appreciation. Zero. You, you, you really can't. Like, there's so many things... Look, having sex with a kid in the house. Yes, you don't have appreciation for that. It's it, you're almost like you're setting up some sort of military operation, right? Like you're like, listen, the eagle. Yes. And then you know you you're half the time I have sex with my wife. It's like I'm committing some sort of crime, right? I get, I get the pillow over her face. I'm like, shut up, stop making you noise. Know, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you, a real. It's like a crime scene.
1: You also move from like the kid's perspective to the adult perspective. Like every time I come into my house i take my pants off like i hate wearing pants like i'll just walk around in my boxers and like shorts whatever else (laughs) and so i'm i'm 36 i'm not that old but i can already see i can already see my kids being like yeah dad never wore pants around the house by the
0: way do you do you you, you don't do that when their friends are over right
1: oh all the time i just wear boxers like everywhere all through that it's funny is (laughs) what's funny is you're that guy oh yeah oh yeah i hate i hate pants and so uh my wife like we we hired we had our third kid we we got a, a nanny to come over and help sometimes and uh and she like and in, like interviewed the nannies and she asked them all these questions like detailed you know like all the people were awesome and then uh the, the she's like i think i've picked one and like i want you to meet her and make sure if you have any questions and so i'm sitting there my wife's running through all these questions all these serious questions and, uh, and at the end she's like clay do you have anything you know you want to ask and i was like look if you're gonna be at our house, you're gonna be here a lot of the time. Do you have an issue with me walking around without pants on regularly? <laughs> like, because you're a twenty, you know, six year old, twenty uh, six year old nanny. Like, I just you're gonna see me walking around with. Can you my wear underwear. shorts? Yeah, I'll wear shorts sometimes. Like, okay. I I am of the opinion, like, I would wear like right now we're talking. I'm in a t shirt. I'm in jeans because a little bit cold out here and flip flops. Like, yeah. I would wear t shirts, shorts, and flip flops. Tw- it's 365 days a year. You like, and I, I, hate I do dressing any other way. Are
0: complete opposite. Yeah. I don't own a pair of shorts. Because you're worried
1: about how your legs look, or what's the reason?
0: I don't know. I just don't like them. Yeah. I, you know, when I was ve- when I was like 18, I remember I w- I w- I was going to school in Texas. Yes. And I remember my buddy's dad. I was wearing shorts. Yeah. My da- buddy's dad said to me, "What are you wearing, son?". I go, "What do you mean?". He goes, "Grown men don't wear shorts. <laughs> he called them short pants. That's awesome. Grown men don't wear short pants, son." And that was it. <laughs> you were done from that day. Yeah. Hat. And no, jeans. <laughs> right? jeans ever since. Jeans ever since. But but also, I despise flip-flops. Because
1: you don't like feet? You're like the anti-Rex Ryan?
0: I'm not a feet guy. I don't like the way they sound when they set up. Oh. I don't like that. So so I'm not a... Like, you and I, we... Are we the would, exact opposite. Would not of, be dipping into each other's yeah, wardrobe.
1: Yeah. So, no. Yeah. I... I would wear – they make fun of me here because, like, I'm the only guy who rolls in here in shorts, flip-flops, and a shirt. Now, they'll dress us, right. you know, for TV or whatever, but I, for all the meetings and everything else. What did
0: else, your nanny say about pantsless, by the way?
1: She said, that, that's okay with me. <laughs> so she's, she's been great. <laughs> she's fantastic.
0: But, but you, are, is there going to be an was, age limit? So when you're – when you're like, say the kids are 15 now.
1: Oh, and they start having, like, 15. Yes, yeah, Now I also have boys, and, like, everybody over would be boys. I try to have pants on, like, shorts on if – but, you know, like – I write. You know, I, we talked about my website. Like, I wake up in the morning, roll out of bed and go straight up to my desk and start writing in the morning, like every morning. Mm-hmm. So I barely will brush my teeth. Like, I'll write an entire article and then I'll be like, okay, I'm going to go hit the shower now and get dressed for the day. Um, so I will legitimately be sitting at my desk in my boxers for 90% of the articles that I write. So when people are like, all this sports criticism was like, oh, that guy's just writing in his underwear from his mom's basement. I'm like, Actually, it's the third floor of my house, but I am the underwear part. I,
0: I'm a cliche. The stereotype is true. When are you gonna let me write an article for Outkast?
1: Whenever you want to. Really? Yeah.
0: I would love to. Yes. Because I've started writing just a little. I mean, you're like I am. You blend sports with pop culture yes. with socials, the social stuff. I like
1: mean, I, I'm not an X's and O's guy. Like right. I know nothing about. Like Bill Belichick was like, if I was listening to the headset of your Patriots team, like I would have no idea what he was saying. He might as well be speaking Mandarin. Yes. Yes,
0: I agree. Well, I, yeah, because I have I was, I've started writing a blog for my website, but I was like, you know what? I'd love to throw some of this stuff on. 100%. Because, yeah. Because for me, like, that is also what makes you, that. and we go all the way full circle to that first interview, you were a well-rounded guy.
1: Yeah, I think of, so to me, writing is the most challenging discipline because it's just you sitting in front of a computer screen. Uh-huh. Um, and... Then I moved into radio, and then I moved into TV. And I think there's a reason why it's relatively rare that you see a guy go TV, radio, writing. Like, nobody really goes in reverse. Agreed. There's a lot of people who can start writing radio and then TV. They're all different disciplines, and they're all different challenges, and that's the other thing of why I like them, because you have to be what works in one might not work in the other, and you got to figure out. Um, but uh, But to me, writing is the foundation. If I had to give up everything else that I do, uh, and I can only pick one thing to do for the rest of my life, it would be right.
0: I'm going to end with that for this reason. I I say to you guys almost every week, find what you, you know, some sort of a, a, a version of this, but find what you love. Find what you fucking love. Find what you love. And whether you do that as a job or just do that at your house, it will make your life so much more enjoyable. And I tell people all the time, and you did it. The only way to change your life is to stop doing the same fucking thing every day
1: it sounds simple but it's amazing how many people we were talking about the difference between dreamers and risk takers and dreamers are just people who oftentimes don't take the next step yeah. of being a risk taker yeah you got to combine the two
0: and, it, and when people say it's easy for you to say blah blah, blah look guys i lived in one bedroom and i was living off of anywhere from a thousand to twelve hundred dollars a month with three kids and a saint bernard so i get it i get it and I'm not saying I would have done that for the rest of my life, but just remember that you have one fucking ride, one ride. Don't, don't wake up 50 years later and say, I wish I had done that one thing.
1: I'll give you an example. Finally, it close for me. I said that a couple times, but five years ago, I guess it was like six years ago. Now I was writing at fan house, great place to write. I would have I stayed that. there forever. Yep. Um, and they ceased to operate. So I had two young kids. Uh, my wife was home with a second kid. And we were making, you know, $45,000 a year or whatever it was, um, the absolute average income. And at radio show, I wasn't sure whether it was going to continue. Um, and you know, I had that moment of like realization, which I think a lot of people have of, oh man, you know, like we're okay now, but we just got a lot closer to not being okay than we ever were before. And we've got one stop away from, you know, like really being in difficult straits. And, uh, you know, I think until you are able to to face that like the difference between i let me close the final episode, example here you probably think about this a lot because you get onto television like comedy is so brutal it's a tough object mm-hmm. i remember going to triple a baseball and i thought of myself as a triple a baseball player for a long time like i had proven that i could do a lot of things but i hadn't quite gotten the call up to the big leagues mm-hmm. right and you're just busting your ass and you're working so hard and everything else and you may never get that call up to the big league. So you have a moment of realization of you know, it's tough to be a triple-A baseball player, but it's probably tougher to never have been a triple-A baseball player. Yes. So people worry about not getting there. Never even leaving is by far the infinitely more difficult position to ever find yourself in. The fear, failure, Failure is not the worst option.
0: Fear of failure is what holds most people Cripples back. Cripples most people. Right. And I tell, I tell my son this all the time. You learn more from failure than you do from success. You learn, all right. Well, one, you learn what doesn't work, which is super important. Yep. But also, you learn how am I gonna react when things don't go my way. And so, I, I agree with you. Like, I, I want look. When I taught him how to ride a bike, he rode a bike with a helmet, no elbow pads, no knee pads, because I wanted him to learn that sometimes you're gonna scrape your knee, but you're still gonna get on your fucking bike. Right. You got to get out back on the get bike. Get on your bike. Get on the bike. Don't be a pussy, <laughs> I think is what I said. Yeah. It might have been don't be a pussy.
1: Yes. Clay. Awesome. This has been a lot of fun. I hope people have enjoyed it.
0: Thank you very much, man.